0: Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast, when the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batman-on-film.com for the latest, greatest, coolest, coolery I don't know, uh, news about Batman and Batman on Film. Uh, joining me today for our Summer of Superman is another milestone Superman episode. I didn't even realize it until I started doing these. Uh, we have Nico Caruso from the Vigilante, nineteen thirty-nine. How the hell are you, sir?
1: Man, I'm I'm fantastic. I was already doing great. Then we hopped on. I feel even better. Um, it's always great. I I say this every time I'm uh, I'm on a show with you. I will say this so that the listeners hear it to bring it back home. Every time we're on a show together, it's just a great, great conversation. And that's what I like about all the shows that you do. Um, It feels like two guys at a bar talking to pals, right? Just talking about all this wonderful tape and tight stuff. So I'm really happy to be here, my friend.
0: Yeah, I am excited for you to be here. Um, It's, uh, you know, because I I reached out to you and said, do you have a favorite Superman story you want to talk about? And you were very candid and said, you're not a huge Superman fan, but you love the Man of Steel. And I was like, Mm -hmm. good enough for me. You know, like, I love Man of Steel, Um, despite what some trolls on the internet might think. Uh, I I am. Oh, there's the cat. He's going to be part of the episode today.
1: Uh, I love it. I love it. All are welcome.
0: um, But he, uh, we were actually just watching it. Um, To be honest honest with you, we were on the couch. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, he... uh, So this is, like I said, this is a milestone Superman year. So 85 years since Action Comics number one, 45 years since Superman the movie, 30 years since uh, Lois and Clark, and 10 years since Man of Steel. So quite a lot has happened to Superman in these kind of significant milestone years, right?
1: A lot, a lot, which is crazy, too, because, you know, Superman is the character when I was, in you know, growing up with all the comics and stuff with with my dad who as you all know is 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 the biggest influence on all of this stuff for me uh-huh. there was never a whole lot of superman um yeah when he was in like the just league and just league unlimited cartoons and um yes when i in the stories i read the just league stories i read when he was in these ensemble pieces never really his own material though i never really watched his own animated series i really wasn't in the smallville that he was when we went to school to, together zeddy was really in the small bill i wasn't um because i was more tied to other characters so it's 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 fascinating that we just had a couple big anniversaries with spider-man and batman in the last few years Uh and like but a lot of the superman ones are here and and it's funny because i i feel like i'm not really in the middle of it all which which is okay you know you can't love every character um a hundred percent or as much as maybe your favorite so it is interesting to hear all that because, like, those are things I didn't even think about. But last year, you sure is how I knew that it was twenty years since the first Toby movie, yep. right? <laughs> it was ten years since the Garfield movie, right? It was, yep. you know, sixty years or something, or, or, or going into this year was, I think, the sixty years of the of the character being created. So those dates I was on, right? But yeah, yeah. for these, even right now, I was just like, wait. Was June when Man of Steel came out? And you're like, yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, wait, it is 10 years. Like, it's crazy.
0: It's it, and it, it's such a it's so interesting to me how with Zack Snyder, the, the divisiveness that is still around this film, when and, and re watching it and being a huge Christopher Reeve fan, being a huge Smallville fan, I, I certainly understand a lot of the uh, you know, divisiveness. Um, but I also I'd like to push back on some of those people who say like Zack Snyder doesn't understand Superman. And I, I say I think he does understand Superman. I just think his sensibilities are more tied to like the like a Kingdom Come type of Superman, a Superman who's just kind of just morose and just, you know, like feels out of place in the world. Uh, which really was kind of the first couple of years of Smallville, even. Um Yeah. And it's and that's not and and i think people like to forget that that's not a bad take on superman it's you know it's a it's not nece- not even necessarily like a modern take it's just you know it's just a version of this character that i i think does work i it's not my preferred version but it's also not a version that i'm going
1: to poo poo on you know <laughs> you know I, I love that you let off with this because I think that's the whole thing when it comes down to the movie, right? Like we could go through it. We could review it frame by frame, right? But really the dialogue around it, it comes down to, you know, did you did you like or accept this take? And I love how you acknowledged the criticisms and gave some, you know, fair, fair pushback, which was your own opinion because I'm in the same camp as you. I was on a show um, with – uh, Josh Lagern, great friend of the show, and us with Carlos from love the Nerd love Room, great friend of the show, and Garrett Grev, great friend of the shows and then the podcast network and everything. Guys. And I remember, love them, great guys all around. And we were on a show where we did, um, we had to give our hottest takes. Mm-hmm. And trust me, this plays in exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had to give our hottest takes. And I'm like, also to play for content a, l- a little bit, the one I went with is I know Garrett and josh and carlos are all really big superman fans yep. yep i am i like superman i'm yes a fan but not on their level and i don't have the comic book knowledge to talk about so like i'll never go out on the limb and try to say i know superman or anything so my hot take though was i was someone who wasn't really in the superman yeah. i thought he was cool and he was ensemble pieces but he was also like kind of boring to me no disrespect but what i was saying was like spider-man had relatable things going on he's cool he swings from the webs cool stuff for batman you had the flash all these other characters then for me as a kid growing up i'm like oh superman just has all the powers yeah, yeah. and he's like a really muscular guy I'm like okay like i don't have like the leaner flash and the leaner spidey and the coolness of batman okay so i wasn't really into him so when man of steel came out to so my hot take to them was Superman, to me, what Zack Snyder tried to do with Superman Mm -hmm. was at the time, and still kind of, for for me now, is the most interesting thing I've experienced to be done with Superman. Mm -hmm. Because I also have... I'm really into film. I'm a pretty big cinephile. uh, I also really like Darker Stories, but I also... Have a lot of opinions on our world. And to have a movie where this ultra powered being exists on this earth and he doesn't understand and battles with actually coexisting and doesn't know how to and is afraid to, and his parents are afraid for him to as well. That's very interesting to me because I do believe that is what would happen in this world it's very realistic as much as it's a superman movie it's very realistic take so there's a lot of people who dislike what snyder did i think the issues lie really with this movie i think this i think this movie is a couple creative choices away from being like a perfect comic book movie and i'll get into those later
0: uh, you know, I, I gotta admit, I don't disagree with you. Um, but, uh, I I, w- away. <laughs> I, I will, I will ask you though. Have you seen the other, have you seen the original movies, the, the Reeve movies?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay. So
1: very great. The, So Well, the first one, great. The second one I enjoy. And then the third and fourth one, I, I don't think I was able to get through both those, but th-
0: those are, those are tough watches unless you're, you're really like jonesing for some some awfulness, you know, like yeah, bad right. cap, essentially. Um sure. but, but Reeve was always amazing in the role. And, mm. and Henry Cavill, when he tried out for the bar, he did a screen test. He did it in the Reeve costume. And, mm. and it's sort of like, that's the, um, that's the part that always makes me happy is thinking that he tried out in the Reeve suit and he, and Zack Snyder said kind of what cinched it was that nobody laughed at him when he came out he didn't look goofy. They were like, oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. fucking Superman, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I, my, you know, and I understand like the criticisms with the movie where like Metropolis gets decimated and, you know, Smallville is attacked and, you know, the, you know, Superman killing Zod, Superman, or, you know, and not saving Jonathan Kent. Um, my biggest critique of the film is that I don't like the Jonathan Kent of it. I think there's some great yeah. stuff, but I think what we're missing with that is some joy. Because we got a lot of that in Smallville and Lois and Clark and even the original Superman film. Uh, like sure, like uh, like thundering now, it's kind of weird here. <laughs> like God is like, you you didn't like this movie. Like, no, I didn't. Anyway, I'm kidding. Uh it was really weird because it was sunny like ten minutes ago. Um anyway, uh it, it, there's just some like I I don't I don't like Clark not saving his father in the tornado because that just doesn't ring true to me. I don't like the the maybe line, you know, I don't because I, I, to me it feels like and this is what some of the great interpretations of John and Kent have done, which is they have that struggle with saying, Clark, you need to hide your abilities. But at the same time, when people are in danger, you have a responsibility. Right. There is that, like that Spider Man quote, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. That can apply to every single superhero, right? Every,
1: um, every superhero.
0: But it, and I think it should apply to Jonathan Kent teaching Clark. So I don't like that he just was willing to die just to save his son's secret. That to me, did, it, it, that didn't ring true. So that's my, if I have any criticism of this movie, that's my big one. Because like you said, a couple of bold, a couple of creative choices away from being one of the best. That's where I would, that's where I would say, I'd say, I think Jonathan Kent just needed to be toned down a little bit, but I also love that, you know, the, the, the great line in the movie, like, can I just keep pretending I'm your son? you are my son, you know? Yeah. And even right before the tornado, when Clark as, as an adopted son would digs at his dad and says, you know, you're not my real dad. And he's like, all right, Clark, like, you know, I get where you're coming from. I understand. And and it those scenes feel very real to me, right? So it's it's a so I understand where Jonathan Kent is coming from. I understand what Zack Snyder was trying to do with the film. And I think Kevin Costner is great in the role. It's just stuff that just doesn't doesn't ring quite real to me in that in that a couple of those moments. But it's also like, you know, it it gets the character where he needs to be in the film. And I think where we first meet Clark and where we see how the flashbacks come into play is so good that it's it's hard to really point at that and go, And as I don't say it ruins the movie, but I think it's okay for me to say I don't like that. But the rest of the movie but we don't get the rest of the movie without that stuff. You know, does that make any
1: sense? <laughs> it makes no, it makes a lot of sense. So for me cuz I'm on a really I'm I'm pretty much almost on the same page as you with some additions is the the few creative choices that I'll I'll, I'll lay out that are I think what separate this and what sometimes make this a frustrating movie. Cause for me, I, I have like a love, not a love hate. I have like a love, I have like a frustrating love for this movie. Cause it's one of those things where you're like, it was right there, you know, and I still really like it for what it is. And I like some of these bold choices, but then when I look back sometimes I go, well, but maybe if they did tweak those choices, it would have been even better. It, It was the, so the first big creative choice, I think, and we'll get into things we like too. I don't want this to turn into like a uh it it's As like a it's, dump it's, fest. <laughs> it's funny sometimes when I I notice like on podcasts when people like review things they'll just like say they like it and they'll be like well it's more interesting to talk about what I didn't like and then the episode starts playing like like a dump fest like you said but don't don't sure. worry we'll definitely get to the to the strong stuff later we'll we'll get this out of the way it's ten years we're looking back right 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 um. It's the first thing is the doubling down on the dark tone every single time. Hmm. For example, the tone of the movie and the theme of this world and him dotting himself and keeping the secret, that could exist. We don't need his father to say maybe he should have let the kids die. Right. Like, you could have that be the moment of optimism, like, no – No, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's a tough world, like something like that. Yes. Let him save his dad, and have his dad be like, "Now the world knows," and then Clark flees to the Fortress of Solitude for the first time, right? Sure. sure. And then maybe his father dies later on in the film in a way where Clark cannot save him, and then it is still more tragic. Like, oh, I physically was able to save him. Like, have him die of the heart attack thing, right? Right. Or maybe he saves him. And then his dad dies of a heart attack right after. Like, that would have been dark, but still, like, wow. This world really is tough. To Where he has all the powers. Now he's seeing that all of his powers, like, was that secret even worth it? Because now that yeah. my dad's died. And then he finds the worth in saving... I mean, he lost his father, but saved the world. Like, Metropolis, by the end of the movie. That could have played well. The decimation of metropolis is st- i still go back and forth on mm-hmm. like i get it it's so tough to watch sometimes though
0: yeah
1: like that's when i go snyder i think snyder is a very good director yes. i also think he gets in his own way like to have zod throw a bus at superman and he just jumps over it and it explodes a whole building yeah. every time i see that scene i'm like what <laughs> the awkward kiss and all the debris and then of course the way in which i get the message of why he has to kill zod it's this terrible choice he has to make to save yep. humanity but once again like why did we have to pick the darkest choice every time it's kind of like what you're saying right like there's no there's not a lot of levity in the movie yeah, if you modify some of these moments with a little bit more levity and a little bit more um reel it in a little bit like maybe have them fights out in the sky a lot more instead of having all the destruction happen because you you could still have played that into bvs later you sure. could have still showed the parts that were destroyed still bruce was there i just think that's what holds it back because for every great moment in this movie and there are more highs than lows but some of those lows you go every time you get to the scene you're like okay yeah you know what I mean? and it's tough when you're watching a movie and you do that because then you almost have to like just go with like just go with it so sure. to, to wrap up a long point here it's the doubling down of the tone every single time and it's the stuff with his father and how that fight and conflict unfold with Zod, I think are the big ones, okay. but you know, they have us talking about them 10 years later. So maybe it's brilliant. I don't know, but it's, <laughs> like it's, those are a few moments away from not only us liking it better mm. from the public, liking it better to Henry Cavill is probably still playing Superman in sequels. If they pumped that movie with a little bit more of that levity, that pizzazz, that heroism, because you can have, the story still be about the same things it just doesn't need to feel like they're hitting me over the head with dark dark see this world is cruel and he has to kill his villains you can't just put villains in a in the phantom realm and have them stay gone forever and you can't show a city because this is I've heard him talk about like this is what he says he's like when, when heroes and villains fight cities get destroyed people die sure man sure <laughs> you're right Problem is, you don't have to go nuts with it. it I, you don't have to go nuts with it. I,
0: I think, you know, and that, those are all really good points. I I personally don't mind the killing of Zod because I felt like, I you know, and I think it needed to be kind of stated better in, in the sequel or even later in the film because Superman famously does have a no-kill rule. Uh, yeah. So I think that it – you know, and and Snyder has kind of said, "Well, I I see this as kind of the origin of that. This stays with him, and that's why he has the no kill rule." And so for me, I'm thinking, okay, but you telling us that after the fact doesn't, you know, it's, that's it doesn't kind do of anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's nice and all, but it it needed to be said in BVS. It needed to like oh. there need there needed to be a moment where Clark says to Bruce, like when they're fighting, "I'm not going to kill you. I don't do that anymore. Like I did it once, and I regret it forever." Because you, because I think Henry Cavill, really sells that moment. He's he's literally destroying the last person that he can kind of relate to in a way, right? The last of his species, and and that's and that's tough, you know. Like, and I think that they sell that really well, but then the problem is, is that it just it doesn't really get followed up on as as it should have been. And I mean, BVS is already a very busy movie, so you know. But then again, having one or two lines of dialogue wouldn't have broken the bank there. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh,
1: uh, there we'll talk about BVS one day, you and me. Yeah, um, that'll be but, a fun conversation because yeah. I don't we aren't we in two different camps with that movie now, or I, are I we still on the same page? But you love I, it? Oh, okay, I, sweet. I love
0: it. Yeah. Well, the, then we'll have a great
1: time on that show then.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I will say though that the um the I sort of. I think what's taken for granted in this film is how awesome Krypton is. Like it looks and it it looks and feels amazing. And we just, and that's sort of the, the the downside of, of the film not performing as well as Warner brothers wanted because there's no way in hell that was just for one film they were going to do. They clearly wanted some sort of trilogy. Russell Crowe would have come back. You know, I'm sure that, Kevin a yeah. would have come back, and instead they were just like, Well, we gotta, you know, we gotta beat Marvel because Marvel's making all the money, and we're not making any money over here, you know, because <laughs> that's all the executive talk. I, I know that for a fact.
1: I love that <laughs> 1930s businessman. What we'll care, see? We need <laughs> to get the Justice League on screen, see? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, we don't have the Justice League on screen, we're losing money, and we can't be losing money. what about this day, we're this goddamn it. <laughs> um, but uh, that's just like silly thinking and they finally figured out now like james gunn going well if we do these one at a time we'll we'll get there and then they went we'll oh, get there. oh that makes sense
1: like well, let's just hope it's not too late my friend uh, <laughs> that's given, a whole nother story
0: well given uh, how black Adam and shazam have performed uh,
1: <laughs>
0: and even, we'll, even see. well we're
1: gonna about started. to get the flash movie that's also an ending so
0: <laughs> i i do want to talk about that a little bit later um sure. because i know you you and i have we're going to do a flashpoint episode a little bit later this year. Yes. Was. I'm very um, excited
1: for that. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> but um, I, I think um, the, what's great about this, uh, you know, what, what's great about this version of Krypton is I love the, it's kind of a Philip K. Dick sci-fi story ish, right. Where it's like, well, the babies are bred to be warriors or scientists or, Politic, politicians or whatever and and el is an anomaly that he was mm-hmm. born um, just to be whatever he wanted to be and I think that 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 aspect of it is I wish we could have gotten more of but I think it plays very very well into the film with Zod saying look like here's how it, like Zod and jor saying to him this is how it was on Krypton and Zod wants that to be the way it is again jor saw the the fault in that and i love that you you saying how real the film is and i i feel like for an advanced civilization that also feels real like well if we we're going to have yeah. children they should be preordained you know it's kind of like uh ants in a way right <laughs> or bees right? right um so but you know that's just not how people should work whether they're kryptonian or human or whatever um and and i love the, that that opposing worldview because it makes sense why Zod kind of is, is not really, is kind of pleading to Kal-El like you have to help us rebuild Krypton and Kal-El kind of seeing both sides of the argument and going and, you know, and it's, I think it's such a great moment when he says Krypton had a chance, you know, like just, just uh, embracing humanity and saying, no, like, the way you did things clearly didn't work. Your planet is gone, and it's just going to happen again. When you, if you're trying to terraform on Earth, you know you're just going to destroy it again. Um, so, no, it's <laughs> you know it's like no, Krypton's gone, and and we all have to live with that now. And I think that final battle, for as insanely dis- destructive as it is, the stakes are extremely personal and very, michael very. michael Shannon, i mean he just sells the rage of of zod um
1: i That's actually a got top tier comic book villain performance right there like that is still i will still to this day say maybe people will say it's blasphemy and it's fine but he is he's in like that top 10 probably higher too i would maybe go top six or seven in terms of comic book villain performances he is that good
0: and you know it's it's uh and it's great because it's so vastly different from uh, from Terrence Stamp. Who Terrence Stamp was a much yeah. more calm, cool, collected, like full of rage and full of anger. You know, and and Terrence Stamp is a, a fucking legend. You know, but you know it. He gave a completely different performance, and I think Michael Shannon, you know, who I I actually I saw him in a play. It was called Grace in New York City. Um, oh, nice. It was him. I forget the, the woman's name and I feel bad. She was more of a Broadway person than like a film person. Uh, but it was him, Paul Rudd and, and uh, Ed Asner in this. this oh, wow. Play. Yeah, it was amazing. And and, you know, and Paul Rudd was amazing. And uh, and Michael Shannon, uh, you know, we, my sister and I went to the, you know, the, the stage door afterwards. We got their autographs, talked to them all for a little bit and uh I talked to Michael Shannon and I said, I'm super excited to see Man of Steel. And and he said and he looked at me and he was like, Do you think I'll be a good god? <laughs> and I was like, Hey man, I think you'll be great. He's like, Yeah, they had me in like the, the jumpsuits for all the CGI stuff. And I was like, I was a little harsh on Zack Snyder back then. I was like, Yeah, that director is a little he's like, No, 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 he's got a good vision. I think, I think you're gonna like it. Oh, uh,
1: that's cool. I did not know this. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was um yeah.
0: It, it, was, it was such a cool moment too and I and I thought about that watching the film going, like, man, like Snyder, you know, I mean, say what you will about him, but that guy can cast.
1: I mean, he's I, where there will be people even some friends of ours that I love them who listen to this and maybe mm-hmm. won't acknowledge that. Um, It is brilliant. Now, yes, he didn't make Aquaman. He didn't make Wonder Woman but he, he, he Picked those parts. Yes. And he casted this movie. He casted Ben's Batman, who a lot of people love. You know, he casts brilliantly. I even have a, I think there's a very good casting and a very good character portrayal he did later on that 90% of people I think hate. I think it's brilliant and it really works. That's story for another day. Okay. <laughs> uh but you could probably guess sure we'll, sure now i guess it's someone in <laughs> i
0: i think i know what you're talking about yeah um but it's uh it, i i think what what steiner does really well he's so great at the visuals of this and and you know like, like i said krypton looks amazing like the, the council like just their ridiculous outfit and the armor that the mm-hmm. the, the warriors wear and um it just, you know, I, I, I didn't even like realize it until I was re watching the film. Um, that, uh, like when Jarell jumps into the, the pond or whatever to grab the codex, I just was watching it going, This is beautiful. Like, this looks it's beautiful, incredible. And it's so upsetting when comic book movies get looked over for like c- uh, cinematography or directing. Yeah, in, I'm with in, you in the Oscars because like especially the Batman, you know, you and I and oh. a bunch of our friends were like that was fucking bullshit that the Batman didn't get nominated.
1: Yeah, I don't even should to God. It should have won cinematography. Let me let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. And
0: and I think what uh it, it's it's just it's just frustrating, but they a lot of these films unfortunately get overlooked. But I will say that us as the fans, we sit there and appreciate it. And just something and like Russell Crowe who gets very limited screen time. I mean, just, and again, very different from Marlon Brando and uh, less of, probably less of a Diva than Brando What's the original movies. Probably, right? <laughs> or just Brando in general. Uh, but um, but I, you know, and I, I've said this before, I, I was talking to our buddy, uh, our mutual friend Emmett about this, that I call my cat Burrell sometimes because, you know, like it, one of the best scenes in the movie is when Lois he teaches Lois how to get out of the the ship and how to, you know, turn the cows pod into the the phantom drive or whatever. Uh, And she's running through the halls and he keeps appearing on every, (laughs) and and, because I I swear to God, my cat does that. Like it's the funniest thing in the world. I'll, I'll start, I'll start walking upstairs and he's right there on the landing. I'll go into my room and he's sitting on my bed. I'm like, how the fuck did you beat me here?
1: Like jor-el I love
0: he's, that. He's jor-el I was like, I wish I had named him Jorel. Um, I let the kid uh I let the kid keep the name though, because we got him and his name was Banjo. And I said, Do you like that name or do you want to change it? He goes, I liked it. And I was like, okay, we'll keep it. And then after all that, I was like, I shouldn't have listened to a three-year-old. What was I thinking?
1: <laughs> Why did I do this?
0: <laughs> um, well, at least you didn't name him like Booger or Butt or something. So <laughs>
1: Um, so the alternatives might have been uh, tough, tough there. Yeah.
0: Uh, but hey, I, I love that scene because I love that we've never seen this before. We never get to see jor interact with other characters, right? Uh, usually with kal I mean, Smallville did little bits here and there, but that was different being the disembodied voice of Terrence Damp and everything. Um, but in this version, you know, getting him to, you know, even just the last scene with him and Zod, is so good it's just like man these are powerhouse actors that are just you know it's not a complicated scene but they are bringing it and I I'm here for it you know
1: (laughs) it's um it's 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 so unique it's so unique and I'm glad you brought up the um the vision the visionary aspect of Zack Snyder. Cause what I did say earlier is, yeah, know, I think he's a very good director who sometimes he gets in his own way. I think so sometimes narratively creatively. Yes. But from a visual standpoint, from a thematic standpoint um, and from a casting standpoint, right. From assembling a group of people to make a piece of art. I think he's fantastic at that. And um, yep. it really started with this movie and his imprint as much as some would dislike, and even at times I get frustrated at it. Sure. But as much as people will say what they want to say, his imprint is still over a lot of these DCEU films that have come out since. And with one that everyone is very, very excited for, us included, coming out, The Flash, uh-huh. we're getting Zod and we're getting the events of this film in a way replayed. Right. And um the idea of kind of what the, the Superman characters importance in the film, it's going to be Kara, Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's the stamp is still there, um, for the better, or for worse sometimes.
0: Um, uh, and a hundred percent. And I want to say, uh, on, on the flash for, for a moment here, cause I want to bring this up and, and kind of, you know, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about it later this year. Um, or maybe when you listen to this, it'll be you know like the mm-hmm. next episode. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how these things are getting released. You know, I'm just I'm just bumping about. Uh <laughs> But uh, but in all seriousness, like I think, uh, and this was an argument I made uh, to a buddy of mine that I think that the adapting the Flashpoint story and using Zod and Feora and, and all those Kryptonians instead of Wonder Woman and Aquaman being at war, I think is. Is a really good vi- visual language to the movie audiences because I don't, I don't, I, I don't think little kids who are big fans of Wonder Woman and, and Aquaman now are going to want to see them be the villains of this film, you know. But using Zod is a way to say, okay, well, here's how we can do the same thing—a world-ending event—but use a character that the audiences are familiar with and is already villainous and push it into uh and like you said, like replay the film a little bit and and use Barry in the same way that the story does, but use an already established villain character, you know, if, if that makes any sense. I feel like I rambled a little bit there.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I love that you bring this up because okay, Flashpoint is one of my favorite comic books of all time. The Flash is my favorite DC character of all time, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, re- I always remembered people kept saying and i think this take is valid too but i'm just giving you my perspective sure they've been wanting to do this now for a long time it it has always been they're doing flashpoint and i know it kind of changed a little bit when you know um francis daly goldstein came in with all the director changes but then it really went back to that when andy muschetti took back over and Mm -hmm. I, i i still see takes to this day of like you know, why are we using Flashpoint for the first Flash film, right? You know, there's so many other things. Well, because Flashpoint, I would argue, is the best story to get to know Barry Allen. Mm, mm -hmm. Because you establish his greatest loss. Yep. It changed continuity a little bit when the comic came out, but it's been established for years now. Sure, sure. Flashpoint does is it shows a hero who had the opportunity with all of his power to undo the, the thing that has ruined his that has ruined his life, right? Yep. His dad's jail because of it. He doesn't have a mother become of it because of it. So he goes and does that and then he sees that in a universe with all these powers and planets and everything, this has to happen. Yeah. So to watch a hero or a character have to make, no spoilers, have to have to deal with that is huge. Yeah. So, but what I've always said is I love that idea for the film. That is brilliant to do a flash movie about. If you're going to sure. make one flash movie, you use that concept, but you cannot use it directly from the source material. Cause yes, you cannot make Wonder Woman and Aquaman the villains. Right. So when I started seeing oh they're gonna use Michael Keane's Batman. I think that's more I think that's better than a Thomas Wayne Batman. Agreed. I think it's better having this legacy, very beloved actor and very beloved portrayal to a lot of people he is the best and their favorite Batman come back. That's how you do it. You open the multiverse, you let him come back instead of casting somebody else and having it be this more violent Batman again. We kind of saw that in BVS already. We, we don't need to do that again. Sure. And then yes, instead of let's use Zod and let's yes, have it try to tie into this world where the first cataclysmic event that brought out metahumans to the world was Zod coming. Well, let's replay that and now show the stakes of this again, but now Barry's at the center of it. It all works. It all works. I think the way they decided to adapt this flashpoint film and bring back Zod because he really was at this point, even though BVS has, you know, doomsday and the Snyder cut in both versions of justice league have, you know, the mother boxes might destroy the earth. Right. Something that the audience has seen. There has still never been a battle in the DCEU with stakes like man of steel, not a single battle, thus I know in the Snyder cut, the world, explodes and the flash brings it back yes but where you see people in danger and destruction and we see the people from the daily planet on the ground in fear we see people watching on tv the other films we do not see the stakes and feel them the way we do in man of steel so to recreate that in this flash film isn't is is brilliant it's brilliant and i'm ready for michael shannon to come back hell yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, I I 100% agree with that. And um, and and getting back to Man of Steel, the when Metropolis is being destroyed, the you know with Perry and uh, you know Steve Lombard, you know who's Michael Kelly, who I think is an extremely underrated character actor. He's amazing in every role he's done. Um, and you know, and a, a Zack Snyder alum too from um, uh, Dawn of Dawn of the Dead, uh, which I I yeah. love his Dawn of the Dead. I think that movie's great. Um, and and having uh, you know them kind of be stuck and they're trying to save their you know the uh, uh, Jenny Olsen who's I guess sort of a Jimmy Olsen replacement I don't mm-hmm. know uh, it's not really stated uh, but we do get Jimmy Olsen and BVS for about two minutes um, <laughs> strange strange
1: and, right if, and if it's a the theatrical cut less and if it's and if you're watching that theatrical cut it's less time it's about ninety five seconds
0: yeah and he's not even named in that actually <laughs> he's not even named
1: yeah no in um, fact yeah.
0: But uh, but I love but I love that moment where Perry, and and Lombard are they're gonna they're gonna wait with her they're just like we're we're just we're all gonna die together and I think that's and again but and that rings true to me you know it's it's funny because you say that Snyder doubles down on all the darkness but I also love that there are moments of there are little moments of hope in there you know mm-hmm. and the the problem with the film is that there's there there those moments are few and far between but that but that scene i i always always you know makes my heart happy you know just going oh thank right. god like the it, it just i like that we get to see these characters just take a moment to say oh, we're we're not going to escape this we're we're in this together and and i love that jenny even looks at, at superman and says he saved us i think that that you know is you know and in, in, in a broader sense it's like when well, you look at the city and the city's like a mess but i think at the same time it's like Superman, you know, and and Lois Lane, too, is very heroic characters in this. And Amy Adams isn't my favorite Lois Lane, but she's not at all my least favorite. I think she's mm-hmm. so good in the role. And I love that they give her just as much of a spotlight as they do for Clark. Because that, that character, I mean, Lois Lane, she deserves it. And Amy Adams just... You know, I was reading this interview with her where she had auditioned for like the, the Brett Ratner Superman that didn't go. He tried for Superman Returns. And then and then for this one, she's like, like, I'm getting this fucking part, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I and I love her in this. And even in BBS, I think he's great because he's in, in both these movies, especially in this film, he's, you know, leaping into danger the way Lois Lane has always done going back to action comics number one, you know, and I love that. The, the twist in, in this version of the story is that he's right there with Clark at the beginning of his journey and, you know, and, and finds out about him so she doesn't... So we don't have to get through the whole how could she not recognize him without the glasses thing, blah, 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 you know, that, yeah. that debate that is just tired and... we you tired,
1: know Tired. Oh, <laughs> exhausted. Kind of yeah. Dead and gone. But I love that you brought up Amy Adams. I think she's so underrated. Yes. Um... I do like her in subsequent roles. I do think this is her best performance as mm-hmm. Lois. She has obviously the best material because in BVS, she starts to get shelved. In the Justice League, she shelved even more, right? Right, right. Um, when she has to kind of deal with his loss in Justice League, she kind of takes on a whole new way. Um, But yeah, no, she, she's not my favorite version either. Um, Ironically, I don't watch Superman and Lois anymore, but Elizabeth Tolick is my favorite version. Yeah, uh, oh, she's great, yeah. But no, Amy Adams is also one of my favorite actors in general. So I love that sure. you brought up. And yeah, I think I think she's underrated. I think people blame it on. Um, I always hear people say that her and Cavill don't have chemistry, and I like I see that, but I disagree with it. I, I also think it's funny too because she's also it's not her fault. She's a better actor than Cavill, like but by yeah, a mile. Think- and also the way Superman portrayed he doesn't give that much so yeah it's gonna feel like she's doing more so i hate that debate but that's neither here nor there
0: um i no i that but that's i think a solid rebuttal to that argument uh but i also think that it's the story that they're telling isn't it, it leads to a romance but it isn't romantic it's it's them it's her trying to figure him out and find out who he is and he tells her the story about how his father died, which oh, make me laugh when I was re-watching it, actually. And he's like, you know, my father believed that if the world found out who he was, they'd reject me. What do you think? And I just think it'd be funny if she'd been like, I, I think you should have saved your dad, man. That's I'm really fucked up.
1: <laughs> like, wow, man, you, you you let a tornado kill him? Like, I didn't even know that was possible. Like, you probably <laughs> could have stopped the whole tornado, right, if you just blew it the other way. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like I mean, I, I see what you can do, man. It's Pretty incredible. <laughs> um,
1: also, but- like, not to go back to that, scene for a sec. I'll quickly jump back off it. But, like, like the tornado, too, it just didn't... Like, you could have done a lot of other things. Yeah. yeah. Like, to, like, kill Jonathan Kent and then, like, have it be, like, a high-stakes thing. Just this awkward tornado where, like, not all, but, the, like, they're fine, like, 100 feet away. Like, they're not being impacted by the wind, but yeah. it sweeps up Jonathan Kent, and then it, it just is gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just from a dirt... That's why there's times where, like, I look at Snyder and I'm like, "Did was there no other take? Like, was there no other idea? Like, <laughs> did in in the Nolan script did it say tornado? Because you could easily been like, you know what? I love you guys, but we're gonna tweak tweak this. Right? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you spot a really great director versus a good director versus a bad director, etc. Is when when you can find out or when you can tell they took something maybe in the in the writing and said but we're gonna put this visually a different way because that tornado was awkward to tell <laughs> it, it's awkward it's it, an awkward part of the movie
0: <laughs> my well this you know and, and and to close up that tangent for a second uh my my take on snyder has been like especially watching Zack snyder's the League. i think Zack snyder's a great director i just think he needs a better editor <laughs> you know
1: he's better editor. Yeah, he does. He needs better editor, and um, he needs strong screenwriters.
0: Yeah, he he. he I think he just needs somebody to to push back on him, and, but and not in an antagonistic way. Because we read stories about like how, like the first cut of Star Wars was, and Lucas fired his editor, you know, because his oh, editor yeah. was pushing back too much on him, and and I think that there there needs to be a level of, you know. Yeah, whatever. I mean, that's a whole other conversation we could get into, but, um, you know, I, I think what, uh, having Lois be such a big part of it, and also Lois being on the ship with, with Zod and Feyora, mm-hmm. um, I, I think was a, was a good touch too, because, like I said, it leads to that, that great scene with her and JorEl, and, and it gets to show her being, um, being heroic and being proactive, and, and she saves him in that scene, right, um, and it's such a good, and, you know, my sister and I choked about that when, you know, they, they're on the, the pod and she's like, and Feyard's like, you need to wear a breather because our atmosphere won't, you know, condition, it won't be conditioned for you. Uh, we I mean, like realized it's, it's kind of, a, it's super nitpicky, but when they're on the ship and Clark, you know, his body's readjusting to Kryptonian atmosphere and he, and he's like, and she's like, help him. It's like, wouldn't it be funny if she's like, well, give him one of these breathers that I have. And and my sister was like, <laughs> "Like, dude, zog would totally be like, uh, I don't have one in his size.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just like laughed about that. But um, because it, that, that scene, the, the way that's done, reminded me a little bit of, uh, have you ever seen the Abyss, James Cameron movie?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: It, it reminded me of the, uh, the the water, the amniotic fluid or whatever. That mm. they they have the, the rat in, and then Ed Harrison at the at the end of the film, um because it's it, you know I've read I've read stories about that where it's like that's not really a real thing, <laughs> but no. It, it but it sells it enough that you buy it in the movie, right? It's like okay, I can at least appreciate what you're saying here. Versus, it's uh,
1: like another great example of like something that you know doesn't make sense, but you go with it because the movie convinces you. I still to this day laugh about the time travel stuff in Endgame. Like oh, yeah. It, yeah. it makes no sense, like that you can time travel and there be no effects on this period. I get the idea of a new timeline is created, yes, but sure, but like yours still is perfectly intact. So, like if I go back, like by their logic, if I go back and like kill Hitler in this day and age, we still feel the effects of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah like we all still have the knowledge of it or if it gets erased nothing changes drastically right you know what i mean so that's just an example but like in the movie i love how they like four times are like that's not you mean it's not like back to the future you mean it's not like this like you can do it <laughs> as long as you go back and put it back it makes a new timeline and keeps our safe and they're like yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's so it's it's a very strange choice and um and obviously, The Flash is going to do the more traditional timeline idea where if you go back in yes. time, you fuck everything up, right?
1: You everything.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, that's why, that's why, you know, it's funny not to go on a tangent. I promise we'll come right back. That's why I, I, I always laugh when people, I also very rarely, when, like, judging a comic book film, you'll really, you'll rarely hear me, like, rip. The script because i mean it's a comic book movie and even like the great ones you know now the great ones like dark knight and stuff like they have really great scripts but i look at a movie like endgame and then the biggest thing about no way home really weak script and i'm like that script is fine yeah endgame makes you jump through more holes than no way home
0: I yeah I would agree. You know with what that. I
1: mean? At least No Way Home has a clear arc for Peter beginning, to end. You know, and no, in Endgame, things just start happening, and they just keep telling you go with it. Yes, we're time traveling. Go with it. Yes, Scott Lang got out of the quantum realm. Go with it. Yes, if they snap, everyone comes back. Yes, they're all going to come to this battle. Yes, if Steve goes to put all this back, it only takes him ten seconds, but it might be thirty years for us. Or it's like wh- what <laughs>
0: <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's still again, a great movie. I love, but it's movie. a great
1: movie. It's a great time. Yeah, right. So who cares? But if we're really gonna start judging scripts, all right, man, let's that's yeah. let's, let's just, start judging.
0: Scripts. Let's let's calm down just a little bit there, <laughs> uh, a little bit. But I I will say that the uh, you know getting back to Man of Steel the, um, you know the like I said the the visual language is so strong throughout the film and. And I, and I really like how Clark's, you know, like like ten years of Smallville gets compressed in, into this, you know, just little black bags of of him figuring out his powers. And I, and, you know, and I, my heart breaks for this boy. And in, in the scene when you know he he can hear everything, he can see everything, and he says, "The world's too big, Mom." I just
1: i the movie. Yeah,
0: I think it, Diane Lane is. Like, she doesn't get enough praise as being an an amazing Martin Kent. You know, amazing Martin Kent. And I, and I, even just how, like I said, like, there's, I feel like there's no joy with, with Jonathan's portrayal. I do feel that way with her, though, when, when she's with him and like when he comes back to the farm and she tells the dog, like, go get him, go get him. It just, it's so cute and it feels so real, right? Like, like here's Mm -hmm. a mom who hasn't seen her son in a while and she's excited to see him and, and they talk about like, and it's such a beautiful moment, too, because she says, I found them. I, I found my people. And and she says, and even later when, you know, she he's like, I think they want to bring back Krypton. And he's like, and she's like, isn't that a good thing? And he's like, I, I don't think so. I love that she, they just have honest conversation, you know. Um, yes. And, and I will say that I think one of my favorite bits of the movie, and in, in the Flash trailers we see it recreated, is Zod communicating with the world. That, like, you know, you talking about the film being real, that is fucking terrifying. If I saw that on my TV or my phone. Oh, it's terrifying. I'd lose my mind. And I think that they sell that so well. And I remember that being a commercial for the film. I think, I think my, my girlfriend and I were watching, um, I think we are watching the office finale. Now that I think about it, um, and, uh, and that commercial came on
1: Sure. and I was like,
0: holy shit, that's awesome. You know, just, um, and, and I love that it gets, you know, you see all of the world, the transmission going on. You see the the spaceship in the sky and the army not knowing what to do about it. Um, it's just, uh, you know, and I love uh, uh, Henry Lennox, uh, right? You know, he's just, I'm just speculating, but I think they're going to make a grand entrance. Like, I, I'm not, i not, I was at the time, I, I'm not a huge fan of his retconning to be Martian Manhunter. Um, but I think he's great in this film. Yeah. But uh and same with he's great in this film. He's very yeah. good in this film. And uh Christopher Maloney is who I think, you know, you know, he's the voice of Gordon on Harley Quinn. He's fucking hilarious. Um and, you know, he, I mean mm-hmm. you could give Maloney any script and he's gonna nail it, you know. Um uh, he was Hal Jordan in the mm-hmm. uh first flight animated film and he's fantastic in that. Yeah. It's him and Victor Garber as the metro. Love that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think that that's, and, and again, Maloney, I just love how tough he is and how he faces off Fayora. And he, and he looked, and, and again, he's such a great actor. He looks terrified, but he's gonna fight her anyway. Yeah. You know, like he he's like, you know, and she says, a oh, good death is its own reward, you know, and it, it's like you just look at these two people and you're like, man, like, they're kind of the same in a way, aren't they? Like the mm. the lieutenants to their generals. Um, were, you know, I think he was a major in the film, but like whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, you know, they're they're very much of the same mindset. Um, and and I I forget how to pronounce her name, Arte Puelo or something like that, who plays Bayora. Brilliant. Um, which is funny because I was reading that that was actually supposed to be Gal Gadot, and she got pregnant. Yeah. So then she was recast. And I was like, you know what? Like, it, it all worked out. In Glad the... it
1: worked out. Glad it worked out. Glad but, it worked
0: obviously out. Obviously, for Gal Gadot, for sure. But I think, um, uh, you know, Feora is so menacing, so terrifying. And and I love the idea that they were like, if we're going to make a, a Superman movie for, you know, the quote unquote modern day, we're going to kind of combine the origin of Superman, the Reeve Superman, with the Kryptonian fight. From Superman 2, and we're gonna kind of merge those together. Yeah, I love it. And it, it works really well. I was watching it going, man, like they, this is such a perfect, you know, reboot that is taking the best of what came before and doing something like, and doing something different with it that worked really, really well.
1: Amen. And I think, and I think what's cool is, and at the same time, too, it's trying to put it in this really modern lens and it's also trying to give Clark a story that we haven't seen. And one that can feel very relevant to anyone watching, right. In terms of feeling like they don't fit in or feeling like there's pressure on them to um, find their Avenue. And then that's why I really like by the end of the movie, it's a massive thing for him to finally start trying to be human. And the end of the film is where he starts at the daily planet. And you know, with my favorite line of the movie is welcome to the planet you know yes yeah. she means planet, but what she really needs is welcome to the planet earth officially yep, and yep. um i think everything you just said is taking the best of what came before and putting it in a new modern lens and then by the end of the movie putting clark in a pretty relatable place now he's ready to move on um and continue in this world yep. is great it's just a shame sometimes as much as i love the film that comes after it Sometimes it does feel like a very awkward sequel. When you see when you really go back and watch Man of Steel and Watch how the film ends, you go, wow, we really go a different way. Yeah. Movie. I love it. Uh but if you're looking if you were if you're not a Batman fan going into it, it's it's tough. It's pro- I imagine it being very tough.
0: I you know, and and also you got to imagine that an actor like Russell Crowe isn't gonna take this glorified cameo. Like he was signing on something else,
1: right? (laughs) Yes. And so
0: and I remember like I think they even said something like they wanted Metallo or Brainiac for the sequel and and that would have been really great. Um and you know it it, it just you know history is what it is. You know, Warner Brothers just kind of famously just dropped the ball all the damn time with these with (laughs) these movies. Honestly it's and it's just you know I, I i have high hopes for the future uh one last thing i want to touch on uh before yes. we kind of uh, wrap up is um let, let me just ask you first what do you think of the score in this because the john williams score this is the first superman movie without it um and the, the john williams score is is iconic it's played at like high school football game, right you know like it's it's i mean it, it could very well be a classical score right that was written in like the you know, 1800s or whatever, um, or 1400s, whenever Mozart was. I don't know. I, I I knew that in school, but that was like 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so John Williams, like iconic score. And I would say that um, I think Zimmer, you know, Hans Zimmer gives gives that score a run for its money. Like when it's, when this music builds up when the Superman theme builds up, it is like, you know, it's really good and it fits this movie oh well you know like what, what? what's your take on it
1: it's a very good score um of course the williams one is iconic i think this one as a whole piece of work though i think williams theme is so iconic mm-hmm. but the, zimmer's the flight theme right for superman but just the entire body of work in this movie it's a really good score it, it is one of my favorites from zimmer i think you gotta put i think you know his his top four to five would be in no particular order. You got interstellar, you got Dune, you got the dark Knight, And I think you put this in there, right? Like, I think those are, those would be, I think this would be in this top five for me. It's that, it's that strong. And I think of all the modern day DC themes, I think besides wonder woman, this is probably Mm the most recognizable and strong. If you really put all these characters together, um, and analyze it as like fans if we rank the dceu scores this is probably number one and of the character themes i mean i think wonder woman might because that one is so badass yeah, um she's yeah. junkie
0: xl <laughs> nails it yeah
1: which is you know so i'm like but still I, I i feel like zimmers is 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 gonna be the one that takes the cake um he's also on zimmer i mean he's, he's incredible like he
0: well, you know, I, I would add, as far as his great scores go, I would add Inception to that list. Um,
1: Inception's uh, on there, too. Yeah, good one. I'm glad yeah. you called that, yeah. Because I think,
0: the the I forget the name of it, but the French song that it's all kind of modeled around throughout the whole film is incredible.
1: Well, that song plays in Arrival. It's um, On the Nature of Daylight, right? Okay. By, uh, I forget the name, but that song plays in Arrival and it played in the third episode of The Last of Us. Is that the one you're talking about?
0: I, I think so. Um, yeah, because it's been a while since I've seen Arrival, which is a really great movie. God, um,
1: that
0: was that was that. that was that was one of those movies where I felt really smart and I was like, I think I get what's going on here, and like when we're talking about time travel and stuff, uh, and and to see that my suspicions were right by the end of the film, I was like, it was kind of a satisfying experience, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So and uh, how do you pronounce the name Denis Villeneuve? Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Okay. Brilliant director, in so, much in the same way that I think Nolan is on that tangent for a moment, just taking these ridiculous sci-fi things and just making them feel real, which is very hard to do. Yes, yes. <laughs> Excuse me. And I think that that Snyder, you know, he, you know, Nolan's a producer on the film. He's a co-writer of at least the story. I think, and apparently he was on set a lot for the film. And I think I you believe- can. You, you can feel that influence. You can feel Snyder learning from one of the greats because... You can. Why, why would you not, you know? If Steven Spielberg is going to come to my movie set and give me advice, I'm not going to go, all right, dude, like, chill. You know, it's like, no, I'm going to listen to him. And Exactly. You know, the the the, doc, the Fire Rises documentary that's in the the big collection of the Dark Knight Blu-rays, um, you know, they, they talk to filmmakers like Guillermo del Toro and Snyder, and they sing the praises of Christopher Nolan. And it's clear yeah. that those guys, especially Snyder, in this context, is was taking notes from the Dark Knight movies and going, "Oh, so you can put these guys in a real world and make it feel real," and you know, and and I love the I love the S for Superman. It's very earth two. Yeah, thinking, oh, it's great. You know, it's and great. I lo- and I love the and I think and kind of an underrated smart decision that they made was to make the cape cgi right yes yes (laughs) so so that superman can do kind of incredible things and not have to worry about you know because have you seen those behind the scenes videos of uh i I think it's mary and uh what's the other girl's name in in uh the,
1: the black girl in shazam uh, I'm blanking on her darla, name, darla, 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 darla.
0: Okay, you have seen those behind the scenes videos where they
1: where, like, where they land and the capes and, are everywhere, yeah, yeah.
0: And 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 Samberg kind of laughed about that. Uh, like David Samberg, who directed, um, uh, was like, you know, capes are practical, and they you know, showed that video, it's, it's pretty funny. And I and I laughed a little bit because I think there's stuff like that with Melissa Benoist playing Supergirl. Uh, she talked about that, how she got lifted up and then like the wires malfunctioned a little bit and she fell on her butt. And it's like, um, it's just it's but like so, ha- so having the idea to be like, well, let's just ignore that and just have a CGI cape for a lot of these scenes, you know. Just Snyder was ahead of the time a little bit, like this will make more sense. And let's I think just it- do this.
1: Let's save all the let's <laughs> save all the difficulty.
0: Right, and and I think it it also gives the cape not like Doctor Strange, but in a, in a way like a personality, like the way it flows in the wind, the way it it you know it looks when Superman is flying. It just—I mean—these flying scenes are so beautiful. That scene where he gets out of the fortress of solitude and starts, you know, jumping around and starts figuring out his powers and starts laughing—it's like, man, like how awesome would it be to fly? You know, that's so cool. Yeah. You know, um, of course, you'd probably like run into like a bird or a plane or a satellite or something. <laughs> um, and I didn't mean that as a Superman joke. It's the bird, it's the plane, you know. But uh, but uh, it's. But it just looks so cool, you know. Like that's not really all I have to say about that. <laughs>
1: amen. Amen. No, amen. I can't agree more. Um,
0: so what you know, in terms of this being, you know, you you really like this movie. You're a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, and we know that James Gunn is, you know, doing a clean reboot. Um, I I want to talk a little bit about this because we had the tease at the end of Black Adam that I was thinking about today. It was actually just bored recently and just kind of scrolling through my old facebook post and i was like man like i i was so excited when henry cavill came back and then it was like two months later they were like we're gonna reboot and yeah and 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 it's and it's kind of reconciling having to be like the logical fan sometimes and the myth of twitter nonsense Mm -hmm. you know because you have people that like man warner brothers did him dirty yes they did they really did I don't believe that James Gunn did him dirty. I believe that Warner Brothers. No, did James him.
1: Gunn didn't do him dirty. It, Warner I, Brothers did. The Rock did. Um, I don't think James Gunn did. I think James Gunn is looking to start over and realize there's just a lot of baggage with that Henry Cavill version, and also like it, 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 you just, it's just you just had to move on from it. Um, yeah. I was excited when he came back, and then now I'm. Excited that we're getting someone new. It's just like you said, it's how you have to wrap your brain around being a fan. Sometimes it's tough. It's something harder than it looks people. Um, We deal with that all the
0: time with comic books. Don't we?
1: Right. All the time. Writers change. Things get wrecked on new run star runs. And what, what I will say is I, I think Henry Cavill is a very, Very good Superman. He was my Superman, of course. I think he did a great job with the material he was given. I don't think the material always served him, especially not the subsequent films that followed him. Um, I think The Rock was looking to give him a shot. I think The Rock gave him a shot when Warner Brothers was very vulnerable. And then when they got their ideas in place, they went with Gunn, and Gunn said, not this guy. So I think his run as Superman will always be... Um, debated and it'll always have these little gray areas around it but I'm always optimistic for the future the same could have been said about Andrew Garfield and he got an opportunity um, that made the world fall back in love with his version maybe Cavill's going to get that chance again someday
0: you know, it's anything's possible maybe. with these like I think no Way, things happen there. I, I think No Way Home kind of taught me that, that anything's possible. And I think it, it sort of started with Keaton being cast again as Batman for The Flash, which obviously I think that, mm-hmm. that at the very least the, the news of that predates um us seeing um uh and no way home right um it does
1: it does it predates it predates
0: and uh because that was like during the pandemic i was like well how are they going to do this they can't make anything right now but um but you know right. regardless it's a i so let me just ask you to to wrap things up here what, what are you hoping to see in the future with the next uh with the james gunn superman because i think as as much as i was I think James Gunn's specialty is something like the Suicide Squad or Creature yeah. Commandos. That 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 that's his wheelhouse. I am cautiously optimistic that he's going to give us something really cool and special with Superman.
1: What 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 do you think? He's good with emotion. When you go to the Guardians films, he's good with emotion. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to rein in his his zaniness and gave us something really accessible, emotional, fun, and also epic. Um, What I'm hoping for is, it's it's very simple, Man of Steel didn't necessarily get me into, it got me into Superman. Got me into this portrayal of Superman. Sure. We go to the comic books, and I'm like, okay, I still like him in ensemble pieces. I'd rather see him in the Justice League. What I hope the movie does, I hope they give us a damn good movie, a damn good actor who becomes a star. Mm -hmm. And I hope it gets me I hope it's giving me the version that a lot of you are saying is present in all the comic books and that they wish they got in 2013. Yeah. I'm hoping there's a movie that gives me that that makes me want to go. Cause the only Superman stories I've read Panic in the Sky, which is very good. I've read obviously his death. Um and that's really it. And that's really it. I've dabbled in the John Byrne. Man of Steel stuff, the retelling of his origin. But I'm looking for like that that classic what you all are saying that Superman that you get the feel from Superman comics. I'm hoping... I see the film and I go, okay, this is the Superman that everyone was talking about and that everyone wanted. Now let me go look into it. How about you?
0: Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think Zeddy uh, and I talked about All-Star Superman. Um, yes. How that's yes, like yes. The, the touchstone for uh for James Gunn's take at least uh at least in terms of tone. And I think if that's the tone he wants to go for, I I think we're I think we're in good hands. I think we're I think we're just uh we're past due for just a great Superman movie. You know, I said the same thing mm-hmm. about um like the Ninja Turtles. I'm really excited for the new the yeah. animated Ninja Turtles. Looks yeah. cool,
1: looks cool. Looks yeah. cool.
0: It's like that I was like, man, we haven't had a great Turtles movie had some okay ones but we haven't had a great one since 1990 you know we haven't had a, a great wow. super, we haven't had a great superman movie that was universally beloved arguably in 40 years with superman 2 right um because as much as man of steel has its fans you know the box office numbers show something slightly different right <laughs> um it's just it's just one of those things and i i i don't know it's it's tough because i i'm I know at the very least, like James Gunn, like it, everything's riding on this film, right? Like the future of the DC on film yeah. is pretty much riding on this. But also I think we have just a, but I think we have such talented people behind the camera that, uh, and, and I think James Gunn like Snyder and, you know, Gunn wrote the script to the Dawn of the Dead reboot, right? Yeah, or, or they've, that, they've
1: been they, colleagues before.
0: Yeah, and and apparently they, you know, Snyder called him and said, I wish you luck with the new DC movies. I think it's going to be which great. Is,
1: which is really cool. Which yeah. is really cool.
0: So I think that we have, we have somebody that, you know, and like I said at the beginning, I think that Snyder un- understands the Superman character. And I think he likes the Superman character. Otherwise, why would he commit to making three of these movies?
1: like <laughs> um, right. one.
0: Wow. It's just that his sensibility was just a little different. A and little I, different. and yeah. I think James Gunn is the same way. His sensibility is just going to be different from Snyder. And I think, we're we're gonna be in for a treat, one way or another.
1: And I agree with you. I'm excited, I... man. I'm excited. It's yeah. time, time for uh, that first reset button.
0: Um, and you know, I'm gonna text you some comic book recommendations because if you like yes, this, please. One, if you like this movie, there's there's some comics I think you would love too. Please, um,
1: please, please do so.
0: so. Uh, so Nico, this uh, as always, like we said at the top, is
1: a blast. I said <laughs> it every time, amen, <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> Dude, it's freaking rad every time.
0: I was super nervous when it started thundering, which is a stop now, like in the hour we've been talking, and this weather fucking insane, um, so it's I was insane. like, you no, know, it was like that
1: for us last night, so you might be catching really. the tail end of it.
0: Oh, okay, okay, because like my my uh, kitchen light here blinked a little bit, and I was like, "How power goes out during the second. Zod's
1: coming, Zod's <laughs> coming, no, I'm just kidding.
0: Um, yeah, we've been waiting for you, like, oh, creepy. Uh, <laughs> Um so Nico, if people are looking for you out there in the uh the skies, the metropolis, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, dude. Well, once again, it was blessed, always great conversations, always mm-hmm. wouldn't have would have done it any other way. You can follow me everywhere at uh Nico Caruso, Twitter, Instagram, letterbox I do a lot of TikTok film stuff at Nico Knows Film. Um I do a bunch of other podcasts and everything that's all accessible. Just go to my Twitter, go to the bio bio, not Bible. I was gonna say Bible, go to the bio. <laughs> maybe for some of us, Twitter is the Bible. I don't know. Uh, go to my bio. You'll see all the shows I do and follow all the shows, follow the people I do those shows with more um, in a very great space. And I think it's a really cool time to be DC fans because there's going to be some goodies on the way and then a nice new beginning in uh, 2025. So that's where to find me. Come talk to me. Uh,
0: And that, that's what I did. I just like reached out and, and look at us. We became really good friends. Amen. So, Here
1: we are. I love it. <laughs> it's um, that simple. <laughs> you
0: know? And, uh, as uh, as for me, you can find me at Four Comic Junkies on Twitter. Um, uh, sometimes on Instagram, sometimes on Facebook. Uh, you can also email me Four Comic Junkies at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please write a review, subscribe, get those buds in ears. And for all you out there, we just have uh, one last thing to say to you, which is that Krypton had its chance on the Sci-Fi Channel. That TV show was cut too soon. It had its chance. I wish it had gotten more. All right, let's end this damn thing.